Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. From the 5th Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm so happy you decided to join us today. Before we jump into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. The number one shoe machine on the market. We own three of them. And I can tell you personally, even before they came, became sponsors, their customer service is second to none. Um, you know, every time I've had any issues with any of my machines, going back to the way old ones, they've always taken really good care of me. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com. Oh, and mention, uh, mention us and they'll give you $450 off. Mention Coach Collins or Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $450 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, you know, we always tell our players that they should be working on their craft. I challenge you to work on your craft. Come over, join a community of like-minded coaches who want to make this game better. It's the reason I started Teach Hoops is to help pay the bills for all these podcasts, but even more importantly, to give back um, to this great game that has given me so much um, and to set up a roadmap for you to be successful, not only on the court, but off the court. And we offer a 14 day free trial. So come over and check, kick the tires around, see if you like it. And uh, let's head off to the podcast. Whatever that negative energy comes in. I mean, teenagers, oh, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. What are you grateful for today? Yeah. And then you're just turning that notch to the positive level. And then you can go towards practice from there. Mm-hmm. Um, y- you know, you you acknowledge when someone just loses it. <laughs> just loses it let them lose it because you're never going to kind of help somebody in the midst of that breakdown afterwards though like my son i'll use my son's example very competitive kid loses his mind sometimes just the things aren't fair i got fouled just loses it so afterwards i said uh, we have to talk about how do you recognize the triggers that are sending you down that rabbit hole before you go, because once you're in there, it's hard to get out and then counter them. And one of the ways we do this, and one of the ways I also do this with my college athletes is we talk about breath. Mm, so yeah. 
even if you're at the free throw line, if you're in the penalty box, whatever it is you're doing, you don't, you can't sit down and do a 10 minute meditation with your hands up, but you know, you're not going to be able to do that, but there's certain coach, uh, coach Bennett would have an issue with that. if his, right. uh, But in every step, you can take a breath out and a breath in and a breath out and a breath in and a breath out. And you have time for at least three breaths and almost any kind of pause during a game, free throw line, um, uh, huddle, wherever you are. Um, you can also use certain Im- imagery. And I use this with my boys all the time is that where's your head right now? Where is it? <laughs> and, and very often their head is like way above their body on a string. They're, they're just, their energy is all up here and they're all on balance and it's all angst and it's all anger. So what we do is I say, well, imagine your head is on a balloon and all what we're going to do is we're going to pull your head back onto your body and even have them kind of rub their own necks, you know, and they think I'm silly and stupid, but they do it and it makes them feel better. And I'm willing to be silly and stupid just to kind of help them bring their energy back into their body. Because the misconception is there's there's negative energy and there's positive energy. There's energy. It's energy. And if you can find a way to use that negative energy and bring it down into the body where it's useful, where it's going to drive in a positive direction, that's when you're going to gain some success. Again, it's going back to noticing when a player is energy's all up here. Later, when it's um, the right moment, naming it, are you, are you feeling okay? Allowing them to say, tell you. And then when it's known, those triggers, those things that make them pop with my son, it's perceived injustice. <laughs> On the court. And then then yeah. you can start. It's a process. You don't learn to shoot a jump shot in a day and you don't learn mental toughness or spiritual grounding in a day. Yeah. It's a process over time that you have to constantly address. As a mom and a coach, I can do that on the court and I can do that at home. It's harder as a coach when you only have them sometimes just an hour a day. But if that five minutes of that hour were spent gratitude check-in, and with um, some sort of imagery that they can use to kind of in the midst of a game to balance them. There are, there are ways, there are more ways to, if we had a whole two hours, we could just go through a whole. <laughs> a well, whole maybe, bunch well, of maybe that's, that's a, yeah, we'll say that for another show. Yeah. Really important. But do you know, um, Graham Beckhart is that name for mm-hmm. mental coach for the Sacramento Kings? He's coming out of the know. show and he has this whole um, palms down thought hmm. process of like, you know, like you're, you were saying, your son loses it on a ref. It's like, yeah, we're going to fall, right? His hands are up in the air. Well, he's, he's teaching his. Oh, I like like that. His, you know, palms. Yeah, I like that. Right? I like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, a lot of it is physical. You know, a lot of yeah. our athletes do um, emotionally respond in a physical way. And so the the remedy for that or the correction for that really is physical. The shoulders get very high. Yeah. You yeah. Know, take the breath and get it down. And that's really what that what that that imagery of the balloon pulling the balloon back on the head. You have to pull your shoulders down in order to do that. Um, and then and then the story that you tell, the imagery that you use is going to affect the body. Um, and and coaches. There's not a lot of coaches, I think, who are good verbal communicators. And if that's true for you, you have to you have to kind of gather these tools in your toolbox as a coach so that you can go back to them and use them again when words fail you. 
because words are going to fail you yeah, absolutely. in the moment. Yep. <laughs> Maybe yep. at night in bed, you're going to realize, ah, oh, yep. <laughs> that's <laughs> I, what I should have said. I that, Mary, you love this story. <laughs> Oh, it just felt it was eating me alive. Okay, so I coached this was a seventh grade girl. And I'm in my I'm doing substitutions. And I had planned substitutions. And I'm sticking with my plan. Okay, so because they mm-hmm. were like t- I was telling you before we got on the show it was so hot in the gym, right? So I was substituting really quickly and didn't have a lot of subs. So in and out in and out. And this one particular girl who was next up on the substitution list made a mistake. Okay. I, but because she was next, I just took her out of the game. Ah, sure. Right. So you know where this is going. I'm thinking to myself after, of course, was like, oh my goodness. She probably thought I took her out of Mm -hmm. the game because of the Mm -hmm. mistake she made. Because I also, I don't get mad at the mistakes. I just help them. Hey, next time here's what you missed. And this is what you should look for. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you know, she sat down. Okay. So <laughs> the next, so this was on Saturday, on a Saturday, we had practice the following Wednesday. And I said, this, we have, we meet for five minutes before we, okay. um, before we start practice. Just have a quick chat about what's going to happen in practice, etc. And I said to her, I said, I have a confession to make. This has been eating me up. I, this is, you know, I explained to her what happened and she goes, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even remember that. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. thank yeah. goodness. Right. Like, okay. She moved yeah. on. Probably didn't even think about it. Like, okay, next play. Right. Um, but you know, I, I do think about those things because the last thing mm-hmm. I want to do is not to have a confident player on the court. Yeah. And to pull someone out because they made a mistake. Now, yeah. if they're repeating that mistake, that's a different story, right? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that was just Yeah, no, but, but I think I think your impulse was very good. And and even if she didn't remember that, everyone else heard you say that. And so if it happens again by happenstance, they're gonna have remembered that, oh yeah, you know, sometimes that just that's the way, you know, they're gonna that memory of what you've said in kindness and compassion to that player right. yeah. is gonna reverberate down down the year <laughs> to your other teammates. So I think anytime you err on the side of compassion, you're erring on the right on on the right side. Um, the, yeah, and I think the, that's a great message, right? That coaches yeah. need to hear is that err on the side of compassion. And I think um we lose we're losing that or lost it or maybe it wasn't ever there i don't know because i think back now and i say this out loud about some of the coaches did i think were they tough yes did i think they cared yes you know some of them <laughs> right. but you know one of the questions i asked you when we were setting this interview up was your pers- and this goes into this perspective mm-hmm. then and now right mm-hmm your playing days, your high school playing days, and now you seeing your son mm-hmm. play out of it. He's 10? 10, yeah. Yeah. So seeing him now, you ha- obviously are very um, thoughtful in looking back on your history and the things that you would change and maybe do the same, instilling this wisdom on the, at least, of course, you know, life and sports, but sports, since we're talking about that specifically, mm-hmm. what, what are your thoughts on the then and now and 
is it is the game changing? Is basketball as an ecosystem changing for the good, the better, the you know, or for the worse or the better, or is there not a black and a white situation? Anyway, just a broad question. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's complicated. I, um, in part because when I started going up, there were no girls' teams. I played on a boys' team until I was in the fifth grade. And then when I was in the fifth grade, there was no AU teams. There was the, you know, six week youth league that I played in and then a few camps in the summer. And so the opportunities now to play are so many more, so much um, broader. It's also a lot more expensive. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I could have, um, I, I'm pretty sure I could not have afforded to play basketball at the level I had been playing in high school because it just, it costs so much now to do the kind of travel teams that, that seem to be required. Um, Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day. Couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's it's more of a great, much, much right? more of an industry right. now than it had been when I was there. It was it was much. It's much, much more of an industry. And the fact of the matter is, most of the travel is not necessary. And you, as 10 years old, you can get all the competition you need within a 50 mile, probably a 10 mile radius at this point. And it really the, the skill, the skill work you do at the, at the younger level um, is, is the most important thing. The, the difference technologically is profound. If I had had YouTube to tell me how to do a cross jab <laughs> or, right, or right. behind the back or to show me Steph Curry's shooting form or you know, what footwork looks like when you're, when you're running the baseline and you need sure. to square up. I would have loved, absolutely loved that. I didn't have anybody to teach me those things. I just had to watch and learn as, as it went along. Um, it did, but the, I think the industrialization of youth sports since I was playing when I was young is the biggest difference mm-hmm. between the experience. So, so you have to be very, savvy i think as a parent to to decide well what do we what do we want (laughs) not what they're promising and look at look at what the promises are but also look at what the experience of the athletes are too and realize that no one is going to get an nba contract at 13 (laughs) they're not or WNBA or college scholarship (laughs) you know so the joy and love and the effort and the fitness and the team camaraderie all of those things they they last through time that's the same as it for me as it is now it's just that sometimes I think you can get overwhelmed by what the club is selling 
And if they are selling elite athleticism and elite athletes, and that's their focus, then your kid is not an elite athlete or elite anything. You know, you may not want <laughs> to spend your time there. Um, and who knows if a 10 year old is an elite anything, <laughs> you just don't know. Um, I can't remember exactly what your question is, but the differences between um, really, I think what, what is the same is that there are kids, athletes um, who obviously love the sport. It's just kind of a burning in your belly. And I can see it when a kid walks on the court, whether they got it or not, there's a little, not even a swagger. It's just the desire that, that that's evident to me. Um, and you can see when they just, they just want to have some fun and play. And both of those athletes should have a chance to, to be successful at, at, at the level that they're, they're capable of. How do you, I don't think I've actually answered your question. No, you did. No, you, did. you did. You you talked about, yeah, that then and now, and I totally agree with the AU programs and, you know, commercializing of basketball and, yeah. you know, you and I learned on the blacktop. Yeah. And my kids always laugh. They always ask this question. You talk about that. Like, how did you organize everybody? You didn't have a cell phone. Like you didn't have text. I'm like, yeah. I think about it. Like, yeah, how did we do that? Right. Yeah. We called or we said, we just knew we were going to meet there at the playground at a certain time on, yeah. you know, whatever during the summer or um, yeah, that's kind of funny. But I think to the ecosystem of the older player, right there, there, we were always, we were enthralled with the just older players because we could watch that player and try to do what they did. They were right. our YouTube. Jean right. Eilers was my YouTube. She would do things with the ball that I couldn't even conceive of. And I would try it, mimic what yep. she was doing. And then um, I had a video of Stanford, um, the 89 uh, Stanford, I think it was 89 Stanford World uh, National Championship. And I watched Jennifer Azy shoot her shooting routine. And I did Jennifer Azy's shooting routine for probably six years, six or wow. seven years straight yeah. every day, if I could, if I could, if I could swing it. So I think when there's that hunger, yeah, it's you're going to find that that athlete's going to find a way to to satisfy that that need and that need. I never made it to Stanford basketball, but if I hadn't had Stanford basketball to aspire to, um, that would have been a real loss for me. And the goal in the end. We did beat Stanford, by the way. I'm just going to throw that in there. My senior year, we beat Stanford at home. But I love Tara Vanderveer. I think she's she's great. And yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to add to that. I was like, you know how many hours I practiced the sky hook? <laughs> <laughs> I think we should bring that back. Right? That's a great shot. And not any ways. Yeah. It's like the... Um, it's like the floater, right? Everybody's right. doing the floater Everybody's now. Floater. Yeah. I mean, the, the the that's just as good a shot as the floater, especially for a little guy in the middle. That's right. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you just break that down, right? <laughs> not a distance you have between the player, the defender, and the balls, you know? Yeah. You could do it mathematically if you needed to. I've My, my husband's a mathematician. He could draw yeah. you the yeah, angle yeah, yeah, yeah. at which yeah. the optimal yeah. height of the ball would be yeah, achieved. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and again, when we do our next podcast about math and basketball, we'll interview. Oh yeah, yeah, he could probably do that for you. Well, it's funny. I it's funny you bring that up because I do actually do bring that up to a certain degree when I 
when I train, I always, uh, you know, I talk to the kids and we're like, hey, what's your favorite subject in school? And if they bring up math, then I relate everything to geometry, math equations. Basketball is just a math equation and, you know, whatever else. And they're like, oh, I never thought about it that. And their light bulb yeah. goes on. I'm like, hey, look at the triangle. See this, right? You always, you know, so yeah. we talk about the, you know, the, you know, the different types of triangles on the court, right? The geometry part of it. Anyway. Bing, and you're, you're seeing, like, that's how you coach. You see, what's my way of speaking to this player about yeah. this game? And it's going to be different for every player. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's the fun part of it where I try to make it. Well, I, my mom sat in on a training session yesterday and she goes, my gosh, you break the game down into its simplest form. It's really quite mm -hmm. unique. And I think that's what makes it fun for the kids mm -hmm. too. And that's the other part. She says, oh my gosh, the little words and little sayings you, uh, you know, throughout the entire training session. And I think, you know, my big thing and this is what I, this is one of my other questions is this balance of of fun mm. you know you if you think about every time you say what you're doing which is i play basketball play right. play right. means i'm supposed to be having fun it's play time i'm playing a game right i play with right. my friends I set up a play date right i think as coaches we suck away the fun right yeah. and and because because of the way basketball is structured right now right yeah. i have to have the i have to win in order to attract the parents to get the money blah 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 right to get the right mm -hmm. piece to my program right and you know of course there's the rec leagues and all of that but even that it's like you know i i don't know how do we return, how do we put the fun back in fundamentals in basketball? Right? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna switch the word from fun mm -hmm. to joy. Okay. Joy is joy is a bit more complicated than that. It's not always laughy, hap, clap, clappy. Okay. I like that. I mean, and you can yeah. have joy in the midst of difficulty. There can just yeah. be this joy. You know, when you take a charge, that's not fun, <laughs> right? Right. It hurts, but there's like, there's this joy in having been in the like right that. place at the right time. And yeah, you know, so, so uh, actually John Edgar Wyman has something to say about play. And it's, if I can remember right, it's like, you start just messing around. That's what play is. You throw a ball. I don't think I have the quote somewhere. So uh, you throw a ball through a hoop, a silly fun trick at first until you decide you want to do it better. Right. That's yeah. then. And then what? And then you go from a fun, silly trick to where is the joy in this self-discovery and this growth in this. Uh, and, and joy is a kind of energy you bring. You know, I'm feeling it right now. I want to be on the court. There's this joy that accompanies the task at hand. How many how many layups can we get in a row? Let's try that. You know, there's part competition in that. And there's yeah. a part of joy of a of a group achievement. Um, you can take joy in a win. You can even take joy in and a loss. Oh, I know that sounds nuts, but what it is, is recognizing the collective feeling of that. And, and when you're, you come back to the gratitude, recognizing we experienced something together and we're going to use what we felt to create something new and joyful. Um, going back to gratitude, there's no better um, food for joy than recognizing what you're grateful for at any given moment. 
Hmm. And, I and like that, I really like that spin of the of the joy because you're absolutely right. Having, you know, we I re- remembered a game recently where we lost, and they were more happy at the end of that loss than they were after a win, and it was just joy because they. And maybe it was also the framing of it, which I think is important. Is uh, I don't put the emphasis on the outcome and put it on the effort and mm-hmm. have this mentality of winning equals fun. I'm not saying it isn't part of that equation, but it's not the only thing. Everybody likes to win. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, some those really competitive families look at me, well, that's because you don't win very often. So, or you don't, you're not competitive enough. So you don't want to win. I'm like, that's so not, that's like mm-hmm. the opposite of how I feel. But at the same time, I don't want the outcome and my, my happiness or sadness be determined by what just happened on the court. Yeah. Uh, because I want to feel the joy. So I always tell the kids, I'm like, look, you're already one. Why? Because this is just an hour of our time. You just spent six hours in practice with the coaching youth team, right? Six hours in practice. You showed up every day. You you showed effort. You're, you know, we're working together as a team. Here's what you, all the things you've done. You already won. So they're just, you can't, that's not take this one hour and consider all the work we did for the week. You know, if we lose that, that everything we did was a failure because it's not. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, make sure if you want to hear more, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you want to hear other podcasts, go over and check out High School Hoops and Teacher Side Gig by Coach Collins. And subscribe, like, review all of them. Five-star reviews would be nice. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.